everybody and welcome back to judgment day book edition just a few moments ago i checked off another missouri gateway nominee for the 2019-2020 year and that book was one of us is lying by karen m mcmanus if you haven't heard of this book before i'm going to read the summary that's on the book jacket and give you just a quick summary of what the book is about before i get into my own opinion. Pay close attention and you might solve this. On Monday afternoon, five students at Bayview High walk into detention. Bronwyn, the brain, is yellow-browned and never breaks a rule. Addie, the beauty, is the picture-perfect homecoming princess. Nate, the criminal, is already on probation for dealing. Cooper, the athlete, is the all-star baseball pitcher. And Simon, the outcast, is the creator of Baby High's notorious gossip app. Only, Simon never makes it out of that classroom. Before the end of detention, Simon's dead. And according to investigators, his death wasn't an accident. On Monday, he died. But on Tuesday, he planned to post juicy reveals about all four of his high-profile classmates, which makes all four of them suspects in his murder. Or are they just the perfect patsies for a killer who's still on the loose? Everyone has secrets, right? What really matters is how far you would go to protect them. To be honest, I would never choose this book for myself. Like, if I was just scanning them on the shelves, I would be like, well, this seems kind of dumb. But the author did a very good job of making it a page-turner, and that sounds so cliché. But it's true. And one of the amazing aspects is how the author writes it is you're following around each of the four students at like different times. So like different sections of the chapter will be from a different character's perspective and it has like what day it is and like what time it is. So you know it's all like happening consecutively, like one right after the other. And she does a very good job of making them all seem perfectly innocent. There are certain parts of the story where pieces of evidence will point directly at one of the four remaining students and make them seem like, yes, it could have been them. 100% like it could have been them. But then more evidence will come up and be like, oh, but what if it was her? Or, oh, what if it was him? And um, the author did an amazing job. She did a fantastic job at making you think that they could all be innocent. And at the same time, they could all be guilty. They could, each one of them could have been the murderer. And in the midst of all of these investigations for being a murderer, there is a subplot, a side story, if you will call it whatever and it's a romance between two of the characters and romance is my favorite so I think it was a very nice like sprinkle of something that could have that could be happy that it could have so much potential to bring joy to this otherwise kind of depressing side of oh we're all being charged for murder here and I think that was very well done on our author's part. 
and I just applaud her for adding that in there. And while there are very other amazing parts of the story handbook that I wouldn't ramble on about forever, I want to move on to the parts that kind of bother me a little bit. And I'm going to move right with a warning that there are going to be some spoilers ahead because it kind of gives away how the book ends, but at the same time it doesn't. Okay, first things first. Each of the characters comes from one of the like main social stereotypes. We have the nerd, the homecoming princess, the athlete, and the drug dealer. Like if those don't come from the like the four like main stereotypes that are in high schools, I don't know what else they could be. And then there's the whole thing that usually people aren't friends like intermingling between the different stereotypes because the athlete has all of his athlete friends. The homecoming princess has all of her popular wannabe clicky friends. We have the smart one staying with her smart friends who help her study and be really smart and keep all those good grades. And then we have kind of the outcasty drug dealer that everyone's worrying around unless they need something from him. And usually friendships don't intermingle between these and I just, it bothers me how cliche it is that the four murder suspects become friends. The thing is, they wouldn't become best friends. They would probably just find like a common ground because they're all being accused for something they may or may not have done and they wouldn't hate each other but I feel like they probably would not have become as close as they did. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is going to be a complete spoiler for how this ends, and if you do not want it to be spoiled for you, I would click out now. Okay, and what bothers me the most is that nobody did it. It wasn't Bronin, it wasn't Addie, it wasn't Nate, it wasn't Cooper, it wasn't the teacher that was in the detention room, it wasn't Addie's boyfriend, which they had tied up in it but it bothers me that in the end of all of this it was suicide and that just bothers me that they had it all wrapped up they had you feeling for the different characters and like getting close to them and i think it would have been so much better if one of those four had actually done it i just feel like it would have been a lot more interesting it would have given it a better spin because the way the evidence added up they had it directly aimed at someone who could have done it and I think that would have been, I think it would have been a little more interesting because you could get, you get so close to this girl, so close to how she changes throughout the story, and then, surprise, she's a murderer. Like, that sounds bad to say out loud, but, like, that's just what I'm thinking. I think it would have been a lot more interesting if that's how it was done. Alright, and that's all I have to say about One of Us is Lying, and I'm going to wrap this episode up by introducing our next book and reading the summary so you guys can check it out. Alright, and our next book is called Eliza and Her Monsters. It is by Francesca Zappia. It is yet another Gateway nominee for the upcoming year. Okay, and here is the summary for Eliza and Her Monsters. 
In the real world, Eliza Merck is shy, weird, and friendless. Online, she's Lady Constellation, the anonymous creator of the widely popular web comic Monstrous Sea. Eliza can't imagine enjoying the real world as much as she loves the online one and has no desire to try. Then Wallace Roiland, Monstrous Sea's biggest fan fiction writer, transfers to her school. Wallace thinks Eliza is just another fan, and he, as he draws her out of her shell, she begins to wonder if life offline might be worthwhile. But when Eliza's secret is accidentally shared with the world, everything she's built, her story, her relationship with Wallace, and even her sanity begins to fall apart. I'm really looking forward to read this one because after reading this summary and like the little snippet from the book that's on like the back of the novel, I'm really excited. This is one that I would pick off the shelf like on my own without being prompted by the Gateway nominees list. And that is all we have for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I'll see you next week with a review for Eliza and her monsters.